What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the intro. Sitting down with my two main men of fitness, Mr. Max Isaac, Mr. James Hobart. Lively conversation already pre-podcast. We're ready to continue it here on the air. With this morning being a really interesting announcement in the uh, CrossFit Games competitor space, the athlete space, uh, one of the undeniable legends of uh, coaching in the uh, competitive games athlete arena. I think someone who is widely accepted as, um, what do you do? He fucking broke down the walls. He might, might have even been responsible for creating a lot of the uh, the ideas and the other offshoot businesses that came from it. Definitely a pioneer in the programming and uh, CrossFit Games athlete space. Ben Bergeron. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, you didn't retire yet, but Ben Bergeron announced his retirement from coaching competitive CrossFit. And that's 15 years that he's put into bringing athletes from uh, all the way to the local level uh, through regional semifinals, all the different iterations. The What was that thing called that they did for a little bit where they had the events that were part of like the um, CrossFit game season, but it was other events? Like, what were those called? What did they the call ECC. it? ECC. Well, yeah, I mean, Ben did the ECC, but like CrossFit had a name for the different competitions that they took over for a couple of years. And then those were the qualifying events for the games. Remember? Regionals. What was the, well, yeah, regionals, but they were called. Sanctionals? Sanctionals. Sanctionals. That's what it was. It's been, fuck, there's been so many. finals <laughs> yeah, Just keep, keep throwing <laughs> out. Keep yeah. throwing out. Qualifying Yeah. It's just going to be. Hopscotch. <laughs> it's going to be rock, paper, scissors one year. Fluffy oh, fingers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, sometimes just big and flicker you know fluffy because you just tickle each other and then <laughs> you know but, but before before you know it you, you and your boy are laughing you didn't even know you're arguing about in the first place oh yeah fuck when uh, uh he's giving advice he's to michael trying to so you know, learn about being part of a gang right um, yeah yeah so so yes let's not get too far off track uh ben is retiring I believe from from elite coaching. When right? the so, diversity guy tells him his name's Mr. Brown, he goes, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to call you that. <laughs> diversity Day is a fucking good episode. It's cringe, one of those episodes cringe, that, like, I'm so sure cringy. when they, they penned that, they were like, This either takes us to the moon or or we're all getting fired. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think at the time that so. The interesting part about it is I don't think at the time comedy was as um, highly scrutinized. And you can obviously see it and how the writing goes down and the things that are said. But I, I don't remember off the top of my head what year that first season of the U.S. office came out. But the um, the first like four or five episodes, man, of the, the U.S. office are so fucking good. So out good. of control. They're out of control. Michael is just a complete ridiculous character. The, in those the episodes yeah 2005 yeah two, oh, 2005 everything was right man that was like that was the pinnacle of uh like emo music at the time that was like fallout boy oh. was coming out with from under the cork tree That's my chemical romance years ago yeah dude 18 years ago black parade came out that year old man nah no you know what you need to do just go home put on your noise canceling headphones light one up Listen to a little Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I am home. Fine. I am July 9th, home. July 9th, Fallout Boy, Colorado. Let's go. 
Fuck yeah. Okay. If anybody yeah. out there is interested in going to see a band that absolutely kicks fucking ass in concert, no matter what era you're talking about, when these guys get on stage, they are amazing. Yeah, Fallout Boys tour. They're touring uh, the album so much for Stardust. It's are they are they sponsoring us now? Are they sponsoring us yet? Yeah, this podcast is sponsored by not only Tushy uh, Bidets, but now also sponsored by Fallout Boy. We are officially and unofficially sponsored by those guys at the same time. So, um, you got um, the guy to invite to a, to, to a Fallout Boy concert is Zach Wolf. So shout out to Zach. He listens to he listens to all of our podcasts. I just, He's I just had, one of I just our had three a listeners. Time, I spilled FaceTime with Zach yesterday. Zach That's Wolf, nice. man, talented, talented photographer. I don't know Zach all too well uh, personally. Good. I think that you know what, James, <laughs> I came in with an attitude this morning, and I'm not going to have it. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I like it. All right, well, so down, where down, were we baby. at? We were talking about um, Ben Bergeron Berger. announcing his retirement from elite level oh. CrossFit Games coaching. Elite level CrossFit Games coaching. He's not leaving the scene completely. He's going to be still involved, obviously, with CrossFit New England Comp Train, I believe. Um, but definitely taking a step back. At least that's what the morning chalk up reported this morning. And James and Max, I wanted to get your takes on it and a few other things as well. Um, well, I like. I think, I, oh, go oh ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. Let's let Max go here, James. I'm gonna go mix up a little pre workout and go in, mix it up in honor of C- old school CFNE. Oh, you got to get you got to get Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. That was the no, thing no. That... What was the one that one MR one more rep? You know who had the best? Always brought the best pre was Montoya for a dude who <laughs> flew even keel. He was drinking fire water. Well, that's because it was just straight coke. Um, <laughs> it was the wild west of pre workout okay, back in the not day. Not true on that. That's it's a, it's it's a joke. So, um, no, my my thoughts on this are. Um, like I said to you before, Ben was definitely a pioneer in the in the programming game and for a long time was coaching some of the best of the best. I mean, mm. uh, has one, you know, has coached uh, a team to the to the CrossFit Games, has uh, excuse me, has coached a team to win the CrossFit Games. Yep. Uh, has coached uh, an elite woman yep. to win the CrossFit Games, and I believe was Matt Frazier's coach when he won the games once. So for his first, yeah, for his first win. So, so probably one of the only coaches to do that. Is that right? Ooh, um, yeah. I don't know if Mayhem has a winner on the female side. I don't. I don't think that they Cheers. do. Cheers, James. James just came back with a fat shaker bottle full of pre-workout. Can't wait to have pre-workout James coming through on the show. Um, no, but let's let's just... kind of rattle off some of the athletes that Ben has coached under his uh, his career, man. So obviously, James Hobart. Yeah, James James Hobart, the CrossFit New England team, Heather Bergeron, uh, Big Bry, Brian Curley, one of the uh, first Masters champions. Um, yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that's something to to the nod toward. Um, I think how how CFNE laid into the Masters competition. I think that was something that was they did that no one else was really doing, um, and totally changed that. Like there were people who were chasing training the fittest athletes, but the way they looked at the Masters community as competitors um, was really cool. I think that was one of their coolest accomplishments. Who coach train? Yeah, but just yeah. Ben's in general. So to look at the yeah. Masters as competitors, um, 
and to think about, you know, I think Ben said this a long time ago. He's basically said something to the extent of like, if I ran a running club, we would, we would sign up for competitions. Like just to bring that idea of how does anyone compete? And then how does anyone excel as a competitor? I think he was one of the first people to really do that inside an affiliate. I mean, CJ Martin out at Invictus, um, you know, simultaneously Jason Lydon down across at Milford still doing his thing with Max and I mentioned uh, Rudy. Remember Rudy yeah, from Rudy. Outlaw? But I still, I still think Rudy um, was very much, wasn't focused. He had his programming, but I don't feel like, and I don't know him very well. He was focused on a lot of athletes where I think Ben was like, okay, I'm going to prioritize the fittest, but there was like, you know, everyone could, should compete kind of thing, which I don't think a lot of people were doing. No, I think, I think you're right. Um, Let's keep riding off those athletes, Chris Spieler, Becca Voigt, uh, John Para. um, John Para, dude. Yeah. Pretty like he was chiseled out of stone. Yeah, Dude. the guy was so ripped. Uh, Katrin Davis' daughter, Amanda Barnhart. Only guy with a sexier Claude, body Chandler than MVV. Who, John Vera? No. no. Yeah. No, no, you don't think so. That picture he sent us, the picture he sent us the other day, though? Crazy. Get him on the cover of, like, 1999 Rolling Stone. Sh- Shreddy Vetter over here. The, yeah. <laughs> Shreddy <laughs> Vetter. tattoos. Like, whatever band you're playing in, I'm going to watch. Damn. Mm. It's high wow. praise. It's high praise. Um, dude, know who also is just um, unbelievably ripped out of his mind is Ron Ortiz. And talk about the nicest fucking guy in the world, Ron Ortiz. Dude, Ron Ortiz is the nicest man. Like, I know Ron just kind of loosely through, you know, when he came to the uh, training grounds at, at Reebok CrossFit 1, known him through the community a little bit, see him at events. Anytime I see Ron Ortiz, dude, he like makes me feel the mo- like the most important person that he's met that day. That is such a fucking gift. It's so cool that he's so present when he meets you and like actually cares to remember your name and talk to you. And I think that that's also like when we get into conversations about some of the best coaches out there, when you talk about people like Chuck Carswell, talk about people like Denise Thomas, I talk about people like that. I think that's an element of their game that they have pretty much mastered is just being present and uh, listening to the other person. It's really fucking cool. Well, I like, I like that Ben, Ben said he's going back to just focusing on affiliate. Um, Focus on, to focus on comp train, to focus on growing, growing comp train. That's going to be his, um, his big focus. I like that. Yeah. I think, how hard do you think it is to grow? I mean, nowadays, especially right. Like um, I was thinking about, I just, I wonder how many people do mayhem, because of Rich Froning. Well, how many people do cap? I mean, Mayhem, I mean, Mayhem has kind of transcended it. I'm just talking about individuals, so we don't have an individual track. I mean, just... Uh, um, what do you I, mean? I just, oh, I wonder okay. how, what is the success, his success going to be like in growing comp train again? I mean, but he did it the first time without athletes, but growing it without really having that premier athlete who's flying the flag. Well, well remember, remember that now, well, I guess, I guess it's not, so Cole... Cole is coming in to coach elites. Um, I'm, I'm assuming also Cole will have some type of role in comp train Cole, you know, we're well, talking about Cole Saker, by the way. Sorry. Cole's definitely, you know, I mean, he's a, a 10 year CrossFit games vet, Incredible right? athlete. Him, him, Noah Olson and BKG, both, uh, they all qualified for the 10th this year. Um, well, w- one thing is, and MDV and I were talking about this earlier, like, 
back in the day, like competitors wad or competitors blog might've been like one of the first two or three, you know, um, competitors programs out there. Right. Like I, sure. I can, I, I can just remember, you know, Ben starting it the first time I remember us getting on the get huge program, which we got huge. No, the get, on. the get high, huge, high, huge, H a dash U G E. If anybody's the, out there who got high, huge, the, the cool thing is you can look up, um, the get high, huge program. Um, and it's the, the blog is still out there. So, um, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I actually don't know how how hard or how easy it, it would be to to start or grow a competitive CrossFit program considering that everybody has a competitive CrossFit program. Well, are we talking about how hard it would be to enter the market right now and develop a, a program or a system? Or are we talking about like just in general how hard it is? Um, what level of hard are we talking about here? I think, I, I think what's, let's, okay, let's here's all I want to say. I'm glad, I'm James coming back in. Let Max I'm finish his thoughts. Uh, no, no, he doesn't, he doesn't no. have anything to say. That pre-workout keeps in too quickly. Yeah, Come baby. On, go, go, go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like to party? Um, I'm glad he's going back to, to doing that. I, I always... I don't know. I've always been way more impressed with like really excellent affiliate coaches than I have games athlete coaches. And so I think, you know, that's where Ben got his roots and then what they did early on with comp train, I thought was super cool. So I'm excited to see him go back and focus on that. I think it'll, it'll yeah, bring a same. lot to that program. And I think it's awesome. I, I just think it's different. You know, it's, it's different. I don't know what he means by going back to um, the article that was posted in the morning chalk up is pretty short. It's, it's, it's a pretty quick read. There's obviously a caption that Ben posted on his own social media as well, where he uh, was saying that he retired and saying, thank you. But there's at least for, from, from my perspective, when I, when I read that, it's clear that he's stepping away from coaching elite athletes on the most elite stage. That's what he's saying. He's, he's not, he's retiring from that pursuit of trying to get athletes to stand on the podium of the CrossFit games. I don't know what it means in terms of where he's going to focus his energy after that in what he means by growing comp train what audience are we growing comp train through because there's a lot of people um, out there who have been exposed to comp train programming not only just elite athletes but also athletes that are in that mid-tier you have also the master's athletes you have also probably affiliate athletes that are following the programming because their gym follows the programming or is he talking about taking it outside of the functional training crossfit realm and bringing it to people who might want to just compete in general is he is he going that route is he creating some sort of like mindset plus fitness plus you know special kernels of ben's knowledge to those kind of athletes whether it's high school athletes or whether it's people who want to run a fucking 5k whatever it is i don't know it's unclear but what is clear is that the the focus for him in getting people to the crossfit games to try to win that title it seems like has come to an end that's how i read the article bam bam I want to ask you guys a question though about this, um, the competitive arena and the coaches in the competitive arena, because I think it's a really interesting topic and there's a lot of different layers to this conversation. There's a lot of layers in terms of like, if you're a mid range or a lower range, lower end range, I'm not saying that I'm 
judging your fitness based on that, but just where you're at and what your goals are. If your goals are to go to like a fucking local competition and stand on top of the the podium at your, um, you know, in your town's local throwdown versus if your goal is to go to the CrossFit Games and stand on the podium there, there's a very, very different approach, very different mindset. But in terms of that most elite category of athletes, the Matt Frazier kind of categories of athletes, the Rich Froning categories of athletes, the James Hobart, not even man. I'm so I'm so washed up, dude. You were in. You were punching there. You're punching in that uh that weight class for a while, my friend. I did. Yeah, you did. You did. You had to fucking embrace yeah, that because that's something that I don't think a lot of people walking this earth can ever say. I think that that's really cool. But what in your guys's point of view yeah it's not that cool what in your guys's point of view is the real role of somebody who is a quote-unquote coach i'm not saying that in a derogatory way i'm just saying that's their title for athletes who are at that highest level i'm sure there's variability based on who the athlete is and what their strengths and weaknesses are but like what's like the main role of somebody who's a coach is, is the main role of an elite coach to program workouts, to put them through the ringer, to prepare them? Is it more mindset related? Is it more day of competition related? Is it more what? of a holistic relationship about how you build this like unbeatable thing, this unbeatable mind, this unbeatable body? I want to go to Max first here, James, and then I'll, I'll let you chime in. Oh, yeah. wow. You well, gotta, um, you're pre-workout, bro. You got you to gotta sizz- yeah, simmer gotta, down you gotta a little chill, bit. You got to chill for I've a I've never been so, more simmered. So I think that, for for an elite level coach i think it's it's a lot of different things so yes i think the programming side matters i think the you know the mental side matters but also i think when it's like game day the interesting thing about crossfit the sport is that it's not a sport and so when you Ooh, have when you have football coaches when you have basketball coaches, baseball coaches, and there's an actual game going on, you're actually playing against the opponents and you're interacting with your athlete in real time. Very rarely are there events. And maybe you could talk about like swim events or shit. I don't even know, but very rarely is your athlete going out on the floor and, and, and the coach is kind of there and you're you're like, Oh, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. Um, so I think there's probably a ton that goes into it before they go onto the competition floor. But by and large, when your athletes on the floor, they're kind of doing their own thing. And as far as strategy goes, there is a strategy to every workout an individual strategy. Sure. Maybe you're playing, you know, you're playing it cool. You're playing it off your competitors, but I really do stand by my belief that CrossFit is not a sport because there is no real interaction with your opponents. Unless you're in the CrossFit games and you're doing that 400 meter sprint or one of these other things, you're doing a swim workout. It's not like you're really going head to head with somebody you're kind of in your own lane in fact that's how these workouts are made you're in your lane just moving forward can i ask you a question really quickly max so like that definition of sport not sport i understand where you're coming from but like would that mean that golf would you say that golf is not a sport in the same way that no, golf, is not a sport? G- golf is not i could a sport i could hit my ball right on top of your ball okay yeah. this I mean, is this is cr- how much first up for anybody well, wondering up, how much that's croquet workout <laughs> <laughs> that's croquet so okay that answer croquet, you... croquet is more of a sport than golf so no golf isn't a sport just an individual challenge it's a game i i don't know but there's you there, think this there, is a game yeah <laughs> you want to play a game 
Uh, <laughs> oh man, right, I can scream! What a great movie. Um, James, what, what, come, what's, come what's at us thoughts? with a hot take here, man. Because now I don't have a, I don't have a hot take. I kind of have like a vanilla, vanilla boring take. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into what isn't what isn't a sport. I don't necessarily no, agree with Max. Uh, Max on. on that one. Hold on, hold on. Pre workout, Jimmy. Pre <laughs> PW. I feel like you guys are. I feel like you guys are othering me. No, 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 no. I want to hear your perspective on for somebody who Max and I never stood on the floor as CrossFit Games individual athletes, and you did. No. So, like, there's a certain level of perspective that I think you have in this regard that is we're un, unable to connect you. And you stood on the floor as a CrossFit Games athlete, not only as an individual, but you stood on the floor as a CrossFit Games athlete as a team member for many, many, many years. And I, I want to understand what, like, in your in your mindset, in your perception, what was the role, if there was any, of somebody who was their coach or your coach during that time? Or what did you see with the athletes around you who had specific coaches? Well, in the words of my 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 old teammate, Rick Froning, he Ricky, said Ricky. to me, he said to me once, Rich Froning coaches, Rich Froning. Um, <laughs> oh, we need that on a t-shirt by the way. Yeah. Um, which is, which is not really true. We had a swim coach and, and Chris Henshaw is a running coach. And, and when anyone was, anyone was around, who would give us lifting coaching. So there was there a lot. You go. And I think we shared a lot of coaching with each other. Um, I think a, the role of a coach is really simple to make it, to make it up, make an athlete better. Same thing as your role as a coach in a gym to make your athlete better. Now you went through this long laundry list of things. Like, is it a mental coach? Is it a programming coach? It's like, it could be any one of those. It's dependent on the athlete. Um, I didn't want anyone to tell me how to eat. And looking back on my career, I'm like, well, I could have been fitter if I probably paid attention to nutrition, but that's not what I needed in the moment. Mm. We needed to learn how to swim. So we went out and got a swim coach. Um, we were all shitty runners. So we went and got our, except the, the ladies on our team were not. Um, and you know, when I competed, Matt Hewitt was not a bad runner. He's a monster on the track. Can we name, can we name the ladies who were on that mayhem team with you, James? Who were we talking well, about there? It, were we talking about I mean, Ellie? Was, yeah, Ellie Cabord. Um, I mean, even Lauren in the first year, um, Valinda um, and, and Refit. And so, you know, they were all, oh, they were all really. Barber, right? Yeah. Lindy Barber. Wow. Um, wow. You know, yeah. And so wow. they were all. Oh, super by the fit, way, it's but... Dave Hamill's birthday today. Wow. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's just, we should just stop the podcast right now. I'm going to send him a weed whacker. Hop in a, yeah. hop in a truck together. Go get a crew together. Yeah, let's well, big, go. Big, shot, big, a shot, a big, shot of uh, Progenix Force for Hamill. Well, cheers. we can actually we can we can talk really quickly about coaching. I had the pleasure of getting to coach Dave Hamill at the games a couple times, and I can tell you and that what I did he added, need. He needed you I to add, carry his bags and bring him bring him a cheese dog. That's I, that's, I, that's I added job. very very little to to his games experience on the competition floor. We maybe talk a little bit about the workouts. The thing that I did the best for him. Ham and cheese sandwich with mustard and PB and J's. I'm the best sandwich maker out there. Hell they yeah. call them Hamel Hamel and cheeses. But uh, <laughs> hold on, one, right. one second, James. No, so that that's just one, my point. One second before what we go back now? to you. Hold on, we got to give Dave Hamel his due. Oh baby, my god, because, listen, are, trust me, he's getting his due. There are not a lot of people walking around Earth like Dave Hamel, the nicest, most generous, most fucking World class. savage workout person ever. Those three things, man. Dave Hamill is like, he is a fucking ray of light, bro. And uh, oh dude, he is. He, there's no denying What's it. wrong with you, James? Did you get it? He's the happiest dude around. And he's also, how old is he? 
45 years old? 50? No. 50? Did you give yourself like a like a Teletubby enema today? Like, why are you so positive? I know why. You're down in that secret beach town. We're flex on Cape, flex on everybody Cape, here, James. Cape happiness. Cape happiness. Yeah, man. Him, wow. He's an amazing guy. He's anyway, an amazing we just guy. Dude, we, if we're gonna if we're gonna shout out somebody from the past on a podcast in which there <laughs> that are no one else knows. Yeah, about. we have to fucking at least give some context <laughs> to who these like these super obscure legends. CrossFit New England legends are. We talk about the Cheese Man all the time. Nobody knows who the fuck the Cheese Man is. Everybody, you got it. If you are ever in uh, what is it in um, Wellesley. Wellesley, you, go you gotta Wellesley. go to Wasix Cheese Shop, baby. Wasix Cheese Shop. Is it Wasix or Wasix? It's Wasix. We just call it Cheese Man. Dude, the Cheese Shop, probably one of my favorite memories. You'll from, never look uh, at Brie the same way again. No, never, never, dude. Dude, talk, talking to Brad never, from never, never. the counter. He, I went in there once and he sent me out with so much cheese. It's like I couldn't, yeah. I could have opened my own Cheese Shop. The most generous. <laughs> he sent me, dude, I, I talked to Brad maybe like a year i talk to him every now and again on, on social media i'll send him a dm and say what's up but I, he and i had like a longer conversation maybe like a year ago and he was like what's your address sent me a whole fucking smorgasbord of like top top cheeses from from the cheese shop man the aged crunchy gouda whatever whatever he that sounds is, like a, he sounds like a gouda dude uh, yeah he's a, he's a good dude all right coming back to you james after that uh quick detour down memory lane <laughs> We're saying it depends on what the athlete needs. And that's the coach's duty is to deliver what the athlete needs. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There mm-hmm. you go. We can move on from this. I think, I think to, to, to tip my hat to Ben and, and, you know, had a huge, huge influence on me in a lot more ways than, than just CrossFit. But I think Ben was the first person to outwardly take a dive into like the psychological side of an athlete and looking at how can we prep as an athlete outside of just showing up and doing a shitload of workouts for sure. Um, so, you know, I think that was a thing that he really accelerated inside of the sport of CrossFit. Um, he also accelerated inside of the affiliate, man. I think that that was something that was for sure. Definitely unheard of in, in the affiliate community was sitting down with your athletes and having those kinds of discussions about, you know, what's in your, what's in your circle of influence, what's in your circle of concern. That's probably Probably my favorite Bergeron fireside chat is the circle of influence, circle of concern. That one's really, really um, very meaningful. Um, but he's the master at that, dude. I think that that as as a coach, when I when I look at Ben as a coach and reflect on like where I saw him really, really excel and how he might have been different or stand out from other people who were out there doing it at a high level his ability to reach the athlete on like a really, really deep level with um whether it's the words that he used or whether it's his tone his inflection or how he decided the timing the timing of when he was going to give these talks i always thought was really 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 interesting and well done i think he had superior timing in terms of like knowing when to sit the athletes down and get them like uh all fired up and motivated through the thing that he wanted to communicate to them because a lot of people fuck that up and i think ben was the master at that and i'm really grateful to have been witness or like be there for a lot of those discussions really early on i think those were really really cool those are really good points but when you said being witness i have to think about the mad max the the mad max uh the new mad max like witness me and they like (laughs) and they spray like the spray paint the silver spray paint like in their in their mouth, like that. Those scenes are freaking nuts. Vahala. Um, 
good movie. Yeah, really, really good movie. Really, really good movie. Um, Tom Hardy, no, really, one, one, really good dude, man. One good actor. One thing is he a good dude? One thing I was apparently no Dave so. Hamill. No Dave Hamill. One thing I was thinking. He's close. One thing I was thinking about when I was reading the morning chalk up article today is that there's just really not a lot of news in CrossFit. So like, <laughs> like this, th- th- this in itself, like this is a very good conversation, yeah. but by and large, like th- there is really not a lot to report on in the sport of CrossFit, right? There's because the, the CrossFit games is how many days a week? Is it a week? So the CrossFit days a week. Uh, CrossFit games season week. never ends, baby. Yeah. No, no, off, no off season. No off season. No. Okay, James. Uh, so, so, so the the CrossFit games is a week. You have sanctionals or what? What do they call semifinals now? And those go on for like a month. But then outside of that, like, there's really not a lot that goes on in um in the sport of CrossFit. So. Um, to be honest with you, this was like my first time on the morning chalk up in I don't know how long. So. What, what kind of sto- what kind of news would you want to see? I mean, I I still am a fan of kind of little niche, you know, um, I don't know, personal stories inside of gyms. Like I'm I'm cruising down the morning chalk up right now. I see this story almost five years sober. Madeline Smith hopes to tell her story through fitness competition. I think that's an, that's an amazing story. Um, I am kind of interested in this kind of stuff, CrossFit. And I think this is an advertisement. They were getting some shit for this on Instagram, but CrossFit box doubles in client numbers using uh, Facebook, Instagram. Like, I think that's interesting as an affiliate, like probably something affiliates could benefit from in terms of help. Um, yeah, like what? What is because sort of is CrossFit news like strictly educational stuff? Like what? What would CrossFit news be? Well, I mean, I, I think Max, Max makes a good point about um, they're coming out of this actual sport of CrossFit, coming out of the actual pursuit of going to going through the Open, going through whatever they're calling that middle qualifying stage, and then going to the games. There is not a lot usually to report on. I think you're reporting on obviously the events. You're reporting on people's performance. You're reporting on any sort of discrepancies that might've occurred or any sort of like missteps outside of the rules, that stuff comes up, any sort of like outlier qualifications or people who are making it, who weren't on the radar, all that stuff. But like, there's not like in the traditional sense of sporting news, there's not a whole lot in terms of like, oh, uh, you know, this person got traded to this team or like this person is having a career year or this person is, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And I think that that's, in terms of like normal sports that we're looking at, whether it's the NBA, the MLB, NFL, like that, that makes up the lion's share of what you're looking at. It would be cool at if we reported news. more on scandals. You know, like. Well, that's what I think. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. that's what I think the morning chalk up tries to do sometimes is like, not tries James, to do. James Hobart, but it's head it's, of dog fighting ring or something, you know? <laughs> Stop. Okay, don't that even would, say that. How good would that be? First off, that would, would that never be. be you. You love your dog too much. That would never be you. Yeah, don't yeah. don't even don't even talk. I love about him that. when he don't. wins. I love him when he wins. Otherwise, he goes in the crate. <laughs> oh, okay. Stop. Stop. Okay. James about be, that's can, about to be canceled want, for real. I'm good. Cancel me. That's what I want. There's a nice CrossFit camp. Maybe I'll make my way on the morning chalk up, you know, regain some my, my two minutes of uh fame. James Hobart canceled for um no, I probably shouldn't say that one. No, yeah. no, let's not say it. Let's not say it. Or like what if I was the guy su- supplying everyone all PEDs and CrossFit? That <laughs> That maniacal Sorry. laugh there, that big laugh, man. You might you know, be the guy. That laugh might have gave it away. But yeah, it did. It did. Good. Come, come search my house, guys. I don't, you know. 
all you're going to find is some patchouli blood, blood test me. The only thing you're going to find is weakness, you know, like, Oh, he tested positive for loser. Yeah. Um, you're going to find no, patchouli. I, I, you're going to find chicken nuggets. I don't know. You're going to find some there, Legos. You know, I, we're, we're, as you can tell here, I was trying to scrape in to find something to talk about. There's not like a ton of news. I just love, I love the human interest stories. Um, Cause that's, I think what latched me onto CrossFit. And I've said this before, the game stuff is cool. I, you know, like what, when, um, you know, watching Jason Hopper hit that, that three Oh five snatch, um, with literally buzzer beater. Like that was like, gave you the goosebumps. Um, that was amazing. But, uh, the, the athlete, the game stuff, just, I don't know. I loved competing. I just was never super passionate about following it. It was well, that's, like, that's what I, I, you know, like, it's like, I would rather watch 10 classes, coach 10 classes than watch somebody do a thruster in a competition. So unless I, it's somebody I really care about or love. Mm, Max. I couldn't, no, I couldn't agree more. Like that's, the human interest stuff is what it's about to me because that is one so much more relatable and two what i actually think crossfit's about you know like i in listen we've we've talked about this you know at at nauseum you know does the crossfit game support or take away from the crossfit affiliates i don't even care the the fact of the matter is is that there are so many more people that are that are doing crossfit that are competing in the crossfit games like i want to see that now and this is also why it differs from a normal sport because there is not this real back and forth between teams there is not this real intense competition between people like think about this sports center like there's always something going on then in it then in it Wow, very good. Mm. Um, that that was really impressive. Um, so the, you know, there's there there's always something something going on, but as far as the CrossFit Games, like I said, like there's really nothing going on. So I would love to see more human interest stuff. I mean, shoot, remember James? I was like, I was like, you know what we should do? We should like rent a van. We should drive around to CrossFits around the United States. Do little stories. Do videos. Like that type of stuff is is super relevant and and exciting. Whereas like, you know, like the even even the specialty content that is out around CrossFit Games competitors, like you know these days in the life of a CrossFit competitor, like God, how many times do I have to watch somebody like you know eat a bunch of chicken and rice and broccoli and then like go do another workout? Like it, that in itself, I mean, in the interesting thing is you look at a company like, you know, Buttery Bros, like those guys, and you look to see the content that they're putting out. It's not CrossFit competitors content anymore. It's way different. There's a lot of other stuff going on, right? Because CrossFit game stuff is kind of boring. I don't want to say it's boring. It's just not my super interest. Cause I, I, I know, but there are people out there who really like it, man. So whatever, bro, get it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, but just for me, it's just that that's, what's the most interesting part of crosses, you know, what I, goes on in your gym. I think there's, it's undeniable that there's an, an audience within the space that really enjoys reading about the pinnacle of performance at the CrossFit games. They like the stories they like to recap the event. They like to see what's going down, who's 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 competing, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's obviously during competition season, the lion's share of what somebody like the Morning Chalk Up will report on, unless there's something else that comes to the front that's like really 
powerful or really important or super newsworthy. Um, like my dog, like my dog fighting underground dog fighting ring. Yeah. James ex- exposed Hobart. Um, but you know what I think is that the human interest stuff, the stuff that's like the real, if you're talking about the real meat and potatoes about what, oh, Max, you just took it to an, the next, the next level right now, put it on some shades for the podcast. We are out here with the shades on. Um, if we're talking about like the real human interest stuff that um, obviously lights us all up and is one of the main drivers of what keeps people coming back to these really special gyms. I, I don't think that it's generally accepted that that's the most newsworthy type of stuff. And I think that that's why when you look at traditional news outlets, you look at like Fox News, you look at CNN, or you look at traditional media, a lot of what gets reported in that, and this is fucking, this shouldn't be shocking news to anybody, but a lot of what gets reported there is like the more kind of insightful or salacious stuff or the stuff that's going to get clicks or the stuff that like they know is going to drive ad revenue and getting clicks is really important. And I don't think always that you get the clicks that you would want or need to drive the business from the things like the human interest story, regardless of whether or not us three think that that's the most powerful thing. If they're going out there and they're saying that there's this big announcement from somebody in the CrossFit games because of some sort of scandal, let's just say that that's the example. I think that that article is going to lead and that article is going to be the thing that really drives a lot of the clicks. If there's a human interest story, which arguably, and I think should be more important about somebody who is overcoming something within the CrossFit community and used CrossFit or used this fitness uh, life and mindset to, to, to get past it. I don't think that's as quote unquote, traditionally newsworthy. Now, my personal opinion on what's more powerful and what's more interesting, I would much rather read about what happened with this individual and how they utilize this thing that we all love to change their life versus read about some scandal about you know somebody who kissed their boyfriend and then got popped for fucking steroids or something like that i love scandals yeah me too i, um, I think I, I, I want and scandals jamaica over i here. might start i might start a, a whole news article about just like the tmz version of crossfit no i, like that. I don't think you got the stomach for what that would I, what would i call it i think i do i think enough pre-workout i could do it I think I could get there. You got to call it Scandals Jamaica. Two tickets to paradise. <laughs> Why? What's that? Oh, that's oh, dude, I get it. from the office. Another office reference. When he buys the, when he photoshops himself into the picture of his girlfriend's family on the ski trip. Who's his actual wife in real who's life. His actual, yeah, his act, the actress is his actual wife in real life. And she's like, oh, this really? is so messed up on so right, many We levels. are fucking off the rails. Do we have any actual coaching Fitness dude, content to talk about. Hold, dude, you, James, you gotta calm down. No more pre workout for you. That's I'm all not, we're talking I'm not about. gonna calm down, man. I'm not gonna do it. It's physiologically impossible for me to calm down right now. I have a thousand uh, aphids crawling on my skin. What do you have? The do you have the um, the skin crawlies right now from the BCA? Dude, it literally it's killing me. Oh, what's no, I got this? I found this stuff. I found this stuff online. Um, I, my heart just skipped a beat. I found this stuff online. <laughs> James, like, James flatlined for about ten seconds. It's, there. it's called it's called Godzilla. Oh it's my called god! What Godzilla? Godzilla. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. So the All other right, day we it. had um, in class, and so you know I know MDV shits on this, and he's like, "Well, single modality days are stupid." Oh my god! No, and sh- you can't do them at your gym because that's not you can't what sell I them. said. 
And um, Dude, this Godzilla stuff looks crazy. What does it look like? <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it, it actually li- called it, Godzilla? It, it, no, literally has, my, it literally has Godzilla. I haven't. I don't. I, don't, I rarely. Strength. I'm trying to talk. I rarely drink pre-workout, and um, there's a buddy at the gym. And it's just funny. It's fun getting back into like those old gym tropes. And he had this this container of uh, this stuff called Bucked Up. Um, and so he would take it. So I, I, you know, I dry dab to scoop. And then we finished that container. And so I was like, I'll buy the next one. And so I was like searching online for, for pre-workout. It's, if you are bored at work, go search pre-workout. It'll, it'll liven up your day. Um, the pre-workout market is wild, dude. Everything insane. just looks like, it, it looks like when you take a scoop of it, you're going to become a mutant from Chernobyl or something like oh that. Oh my God. And all the, the, names, package, the, names, the packaging. The names make you feel cool. You know, like, that, I'm like, that's the next name, Chernobyl. Oh, I bet it already exists. I guarantee it already exists. We should get all ridiculously hopped up on pre-workout one day, like (laughs) insanely hopped up and then just try to do a podcast and see what happens. Because James is the only one tripping right now. I don't take pre-workout. I've never, never, no, I've never taken pre-workout. You've never tried it ever? Let's do a blood test. Hold on. This is my, this is my pre-workout. You have taken pre-workout because I used to taint your shaker bottle at CFME and you didn't even know. No, not not true. What this is that is it right here? It's, it's all chameleon, blurred out. Chameleon oh. cold brew. Oh, that's nice. it. And, that's the uh, that's the hipster the pre-workout right there. That that and a pack of um, American spirits. <laughs> just but just some organic how? cold brew, American spirits, and the uh, we're so off the rails. How much more of this do we have to go through? The fucking Mumford and oh Sons record. Okay. Set all a right. trap for some hipsters over Did here. Did not James. like Mumford and Sons. Hot take. Um, no, the Hello workout was twenty minutes. Sons. Twenty minutes max distance, um, either running or on any machine. And I think you look at that workout, and it is boring as hell. And um, I just want to talk fun. about like how do you how do you make that class interesting? Well, we did. God, we we've did. talked about this so much, though. Have bro. we talked about this a lot? Yeah, about how to make single modality days great. All right, then fuck it. I'm not talking about. It. No, no, no. I want to hear your shit, man. I want to hear. Because well, you I, told me, you told me that it was a super fun day. So tell me what you did. It was a super fun day. Yeah, bring we it, did, James. We did a regular warm up, and the warm up had progressions of pistols, uh, handstand push up, and pull ups, and then we progressed to a, a basically a skill based EMOM where people could pick one of those movements, or they could alternate all three and practice one of them. And we had people getting pistols for the first time, getting handstand push ups for the first time, getting bar muscle ups for the first time, just anointed by the hand out. by God, James Bang. Hobart. If you over. want to get your first X, whatever it is, doesn't matter what movement it is. I'll be your first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Attend one of James Hobart's classes in which he does a skill session before a 20 minute, just pick any machine and go. That's the PR class right there. I'm not even shitting you. I think that that's probably one of the best opportunities to get one of the things that you're trying to get. Those types of classes where you have those big skill sessions or that ability to focus and you can kind of give people the opportunity to work on something that has that skill that might not necessarily be hanging over their head for the workout. I think that's an important aspect, but back to you, James, what were you saying? You, well, no, you just basically talked on? about every, talked about everything I wanted to say. No, come on, man. You got some more stuff in there. Um, how did you run your um, skill um, session? So how do you, as a coach, when you have multiple skills, handstand, you fucking named everything there, pistol, pull up, handstand, push up, bar muscle, up, double under. How do you run that? Just ran it, man. No, I think something a lot of coaches could practice, and this is good for them, is basically all of the progressions for the skill become part of the warm-up. So we okay, kind of Rihanna. would alternate. We would do uh two, two small, 
two little progressions, kind of one to two progressions for each movement. And so it would be like, hey, we're going to start off with like a shoulder tap. Then we're going to do some scat pull-ups. Then we're going to do some reverse lunges. And it would slowly escalate each round moving up to the full movement. It also allowed people to identify like, hey, if I can't do the full movement, I can do this scaling option for it. So that's something I don't see a lot of people doing enough is building those, the, the scaling options into progressions for things like that. So it was really that's helpful. That, it was just what's a, your take on that, fun, Max? It was a that's, fun day. That's the absolute best. But interestingly enough, I invented that. So um, so that that is Patent something pending. that I really that I really like on on high skill days is exactly what James said, which is building the progressions into your warm-up. I think it's it's something that is really hard to do because as a CrossFit coach, some I'm just going to you know use an example if you're a CrossFit coach and you can perform all these all these movements right you can do bar muscle ups ring muscle ups pistols and handstand walking all this other stuff and let's say you've been able to do it for a long time sometimes you get away from what are the necessary progressions to help your athletes get their first of these movements and um, you do have to put a lot of time, a lot of effort and thought into a class plan where you're building in those modifications uh, to to your warm up. The thing is, when it's when it's done well, not only are you getting some athletes their first first bar muscle up, first ring muscle up, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you're also giving them a clear path to achieving these movements. And I think that this is something that is incredibly valuable because a lot of your class athletes, I actually talk, I actually talked about this yesterday. They they we should talk about it all. In your business, um, so Give they probably no. It's kind of. Um, I was up. giving, yeah. I, <laughs> I was giving. Uh, I was giving the outro. Yeah, <laughs> 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 the middle trail. Um, <laughs> so I was actually giving a little presentation over at over at CFNE, and Ooh. most most class athletes have like seventy five to ninety minutes. So they give you 15 minutes before class, class, and then maybe 15 minutes after. Like there, and listen, there's there's a varying degree, right? We we have some athletes that give you 55 minutes, right? They show up five minutes late, they do class and they're out. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But the the reason I like what James is talking about is it sets you up for giving some guidance outside of class. The amount of people that I talk to that are like, oh, hey, you know, what are some things that I can do outside of class to get better at X, right? Well, if I, I, okay. Go ahead. Max, finish there. I want, I want to hear what you're saying. So no, it sets, so it sets the athletes up for success for guidance outside of class. What do you mean by that? So let's just say, like, I just like to use double unders as an example. Double unders are one of these movement that like, for a lot of a lot of people, incredibly elusive, incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So so double under day happens. Let's mm -hmm. say you're doing you're doing a skill session like James does, where he's giving an opportunity to actually work on the skill. At 
the end of that class, very easy to talk to an athlete and say, hey, listen, if you have five to 10 minutes, one to two times a week, you can go ahead and do this kind of smaller version of the EMOM that we did today. This is going to give you a really good opportunity to get better at this movement. Also, on the flip side, there are a number of workouts that you do where there isn't an opportunity to to work the skill of double unders inside the class because there's so much else going on. For sure. And then at the end of that, you can say, hey, you got five to 10 minutes once or twice a week. You can do this. I just think that it sets you up for giving somebody a realistic idea of what quote unquote extra work looks like. Go ahead, James. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think it makes the the path takes the path of progress away from just like either showing up consistently or RX or not RX. It's like the path of progress could just be a specific movement or it could be a point of performance. And I think it's really good as a coach to dive into that stuff because I think we just get so over-indexed on that idea of like, are you seeing, you know, are all results improving? And it's like, I don't know. Did you have a good fucking week? Did you not get injured? Did you, did you improve an injury? Did you learn how to push your knees out better? Did you get below parallel for the first time? Like, it's really important, I think, in this journey to make sure that you take a really broad view of progress. And that doesn't mean CrossFit changes its definition. The objective one, you know, of measurable fitness is great. But I don't think anyone has longevity in this game who has been only focused on that. Actually, I don't know of a single person. I don't know mm. of a single person. Even the people who have competed at the highest levels, you know, it's like, and I don't want to blow too much smoke up his ass, but I'm just, what I've always been impressed with Froning is, how fit he is, but he's doing other stuff. Like I think he's competing in a hundred mile bike race this year. And, um, you know, and it's like, clearly when he talks about this in interviews, just his focus at home has changed. Like that broad view of progress is important. I think bringing that to class and the way Max is talking about is crucial. Like, Hey, who cares if you don't get faster, maybe you work on a different strategy in today's class. Mm. That's my well, it can't, it can't, it can't all be about, you know, maximizing your intensity. In fact, the, one of the things that I talked about yesterday was um, about consistency in everything, right? Consistency about the, the, the way that you're working out consistency and the way that we're coaching consistency about the way that we are shoot, putting together our gyms. The other thing that I said was, you know, constantly varied functional fitness performed at a meh level of intensity done consistently, con consistently still gets you fitter or consistently you know? either or do them. Yeah. Do them they're, yeah. They're both. It's the same. It's so, both actually. It's funny. It's yeah. funny you say that. Cause I was talking to somebody today and he bought the, he's setting up an ice tub at home. And, you know, he's asking me, he's like, well, how cold should it be? How should I do it? I said, when he's like, some people say, don't do it after you work out. And I was like, when is the easiest time for you to do it? He's like, when I get home after my workout, do I'm that. like, great, do that. He's like, how cold should it be? I was like, cold. it should be colder than your cold tap water. Because I said, all that matters is the consistency of the practice. It's like getting in a cold tub sucks. And if you do it for a month with ice cold water and you never do it again, then who cares? But I was like, if you do it for the next five years at cool water or slightly cold water i was like you're probably still going to reap most of the benefits oh for sure and it's like i think we get so wrapped around the axle on like i'm gonna i gotta i gotta have this cryotherapy level water and i gotta get in it but i can't get in it after i work out it's gotta be when the sun is in the equinox and um and it's like man i think we forget how powerful consistency is right it's like well if you brush your teeth perfectly once a month <laughs> <laughs> and don't brush them any other day. <laughs> or if you just don't brush them perfectly every single day, I think I know which one I would choose, not brush them at all. 
Yeah, um, no, no brushing. Just use those little oh, flossy picks. Yeah, teeth brush. Brushing your teeth is a myth, bro. Brushing your teeth is a myth. Earth is flat. Oh boy. And the moon is made out of cheese. Um, could you eat it? Could you eat? Um, no, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I agree with you, and I think that like um, consistency in terms of whatever you're getting after is more important to me than single. Uh, expressions of intensity, overall consistency, way more impressive for me than what you can do one time with max intensity. And there was a, there was a really, really, really good quote. I wish I thought about this. I wish I had thought about this quote because it was fucking smart. This guy, Lane Norton on Instagram, his uh, Instagram handle is bio lane. And I forget what Lane Norton's background is, but he's uh, obviously a very smart guy. A scientist. Pro natural bodybuilder, raw elite powerlifter, and a physique coach. Wow. That's a that's an impressive resume. Anyway, what his his quote was on Instagram, he's like, all these motherfuckers out here doing a cold plunge for two minutes, talking about how tough they are mentally. Where where is everybody who's been working out for twenty years or eating the right way for twenty years or or you know putting in the fucking work for twenty years? Like that's in and obviously it takes some mental fortitude to get in a cold tub it, and it obviously takes a lot of mental fortitude to do it consistently but the real game here is can you do these things that you know you need to do to feel the way that you want to feel can you do them consistently over the long term can it not just be a phase can it not just be something that you're into for a short period of time and then you move on with something else and if that's your bag too, man, who am I to say that that's not really good for you if you want to kind of be switching up things and, and trying different things all the time. But like in terms of where you're going to, if you want to get to the, a result that really is powerful and that, you know, maybe there's a hill to climb there, you're going to have to consistently log the hours. You're going to have to consistently do these things every single day or mostly every single day to get there. There's no, no I don't think... I don't think anyone's talking about this enough in terms of like all of these, you know, like coaching gurus and affiliate gurus is like, you know what the goal is? The goal is to get somebody to come back tomorrow. And I don't mean this in a disingenuous way. Like I want to get them back so I can take their money. But it's like, if you can get them to come back tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, like they're going to get better. And you're going to have to get better because at some point you're going to run out of like your first round of good jokes and good coaching cues. And they're going to show up on day six and you're going to stand there all doe-eyed in front of them, not knowing what to say. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't know how to get this guy to come back on day seven. Well, Max, I think that's a really simple approach. I think Max is the king of this. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if i Definitely ever... the king of just standing there not knowing what to say. 100%. No. Yeah. No, he's the, king of, he's the king of getting people to come back. I think, yes. I think in terms of what I see out of when I used to watch Max coach or watch Max run personal training sessions and what I was so impressed by was just how like fucking bought in the athletes were to the experience with Max because Max was so bought into the experience with them. It was never about Max in those situations. It was always about how how could he add so much to this person that it was going to be the best possible training experience for them. And I think all of that wrapped up plus with personality, plus with just being like a generally cool dude and being able to like be uh, hang out with people and spend time man, the consistency that you've had, not only with your athletes within CrossFit Tilt, but also with your personal training athletes. You're still working with people that you fucking worked with 10 years ago. I mean, that's insane to me in a way that's really, really inspiring. Well, appreciate that. But um, this is this is actually was the was the main part of my talk yesterday. Um, it was- I, I missed, you, it, where were we? 
Remember, this is at CFNE. You moved away. Don't get me started. So, <laughs> skip. Uh, just yeah. call me Skip. So, so, the thing that I talked about yesterday was an idea that Ben introduced 10, 12 years ago that I actually was introduced to when I was a kindergarten teacher. There's a, a book that I used to read to my kindergartners called um, How Full Is Your Bucket? And this is this is an idea that, that Ben talks about. Um, it's about digging for sand. Um, no, so it's um, it, it's about the emotional bank account. And what I presented on yesterday was that in a 90 minute block, and I said 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after in a 60 minute class, the opportunities for deposits is quite literally infinite. And I said that there are direct deposits and indirect deposits in, you know, in that you're, you know, you are interacting directly with, with your members and you are doing things uh, in indirectly with, um, with your members and for your members as well. And the crazy thing is, you know, MDV to, to your point, when we made this list, very little, is actually about the workout and the fitness piece. Mm. You know, what, what I said was the thing that the pandemic has taught us more so than ever is that you certainly can work out anywhere. You can work out from home, you can work out outside, you can do whatever. In fact, that the thing that I love the most about those two or three years, it was really hard was that it showed us that um, in-person fitness isn't going anywhere and that the value of strong affiliates and strong gyms, it, it's it, the, you really can't put a price on the value, not because the workout is so amazing. It's not because the workout is, you know, it's this proprietary blend of thrusters and pull-ups. It's the, the good coaches, good owners ability to care, love and care for their members. Mm. And that's why people come back right? Like, and James, I like what you said. You're like, I'm not talking about this so I can go ahead and take more of your money. It's like, that's not the fucking deal. The deal is, is that we know how effective and how wonderful working out can be on your mental and physical state. We know the power of fitness, right? MDV, to, to your point, you're talking about this guy. He's like, yeah, he's like, okay, you want to go ahead and sit in a fucking cold tub for two minutes? How about working out consistently for 20 years, right? How about eating well for 20 years? L let me tell you that, that that's the fucking real shit. Right. But that doesn't just happen, right? Because you're following some fucking program. It it actually happens because one, you're bought in and you really have a support system around you of people that are all working towards that common goal and you're doing it together, right? Like the, the thing that I, I realized more so than ever, and especially yesterday, think about it, like the fact that we're even all on this podcast is because we all train together. Right. Because that was that was like our common bond. And that's why people are coming back to affiliates to really well run gyms is because they feel loved and cared for by their members, by the other coaches, by the owner. Right. And I, I think that's like that's that's the most amazing thing. And, the, you know, this whole conversation, you know, we started where we're talking about, you know, different different elite level programs like, come on, you want to know you want to know why why Rich is so successful? Yeah, he obviously loves working out. He's great at working out. I mean, James, you were there. Isn't there this tight knit group of people that are all training together and they're all working towards the same common goal. You think the froning program is better than better than fucking cap. That's better than comp train. That's better than all like misfit, all these other programs, right? It's like, you got to create a community of people, right? That, mm -hmm. I mean, that, and that, that's why I think the, the, the best part about it is, and I'm a firm believer that the program doesn't matter at all. Well, hold on. It's really quickly there. I think that you said a lot of really, really great stuff in that, but I want to give a quick shout out to anybody during the pandemic, if you 
if you still, if you supported your gym through the pandemic, if you paid your dues still, if you, if, or somehow you supported them, if you reached out, if you talked to the gym owners, if you talked to the coaches, if they talked to you, anybody who was involved in that ecosystem and which kept that community going during that time, I just want to say thank you to anybody who participated in that. And if it wasn't right for you, if you had to give up your membership for some reason, or you had to step away from your gym, that, that's obviously fine as well. Obviously fine. There are things that went the way of the dodo for me during the pandemic, for sure. But it was really uh, when extinct, go the way of the oh. dodo. Yeah. But um, I think it was really special to see that there were a lot of people who still stayed invested in their community through that time. Um, yeah, Max, I think that that's, that's the special stuff, man. I, I think that that's obviously what we all uh, got pulled into this thing um, and kept in this thing for so long. James, what do you got? No, and I think to Max's point, that's a really good analogy for, I think, what you do in and outside of the gym. And that's one of the reasons, you know, to bring it back to where we started, I think that's one of the things that from a competitive standpoint, they did, Ben did so well at CFNE, is that it was like, there was this community of participation between, and he was, you know, picked up on the fact that when, the competitors were doing too much of their own shit. They weren't involved in class. And when they weren't involved in class, people who were just weren't competitors, but were members of the gym, didn't support the competitors and vice oh, versa. Yeah. So they felt kind of pushed out and then started integrating the class as yeah. part of the daily competitors program. And I do, I do believe hundred percent, if you're going to the games, you probably need something very specific to you. But if you're just someone who wants to, I shouldn't say just someone, if you're someone who wants to compete locally or be better at the open, and you're doing a competitor's program and you're going to an affiliate, I bet you will enjoy it more if you still work out with class. Um, Cause it is, I've, I've said this forever. There's something weird as hell about, you know, CrossFit that when we see people suffering and doing burpees and looking like shit at the end of a workout, we just start clapping and cheering for them. Like when else in life does that happen? <laughs> you know, like every other time in life, someone, somebody messes up or is struggling, makes a mistake. And you either want it to get worse for them. You want the train wreck to continue or you, or you make fun of them. Um, or you look the other way or you, or you look go, the, or oh, you totally, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, just shit. That didn't go down. Or like, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> if you're a decent but, human being, maybe you fucking help them out too. But like, there's a lot of natural inclinations there that when you see something like, Oh, wow, that was, it's, it's I, I understand what you're saying. There's a special feeling that happens in CrossFit that doesn't happen in other aspects of society in which people come together and through that shared suffering, they are bonding and they're happy to do it. And I think that like, you know, the example that I use a lot of times is like, if you're sitting at the poker table, when you're sitting with like eight other people there, it's not often that people are like clapping for each other when like a big pot gets taken down or whatever. I mean, there's some of that, but like, it's not, it's not to the same extent. There's there's something really special about um, that kind of feeling that exists uh, in in the CrossFit affiliate for sure. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be gambling anyway. So, don't tell my mother. Um, fellas, we are we're uh, getting close to wrapping it up here. But uh, I think what I want to do before we wrap it up, I, I definitely want to offer a thank you to uh, Ben Bergeron uh, for everything that he did over his career um not only i pour one out for benny uh not only in competitive coaching elite competitive athletes but just being somebody who was definitely um he was dude a, a fucking magnet he was pulling people in and 
giving of himself to a lot of coaches, lots of athletes, lots of everyday people who have walked into CrossFit New England. And he inspired, I think, a lot of ideas, ideas, concepts, practices, and might have also inspired new ways of thinking based off of like, you look at what Ben did and you go, oh, wow, he did that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm going to go a different direction with it, but it still was an offshoot somehow. And to fucking, to pull back a layer here and to think about how many gyms how many people, how many athletes, how many lives were impacted through that little tiny garage gym in Natick, uh, Natick, Massachusetts is really, really fucking cool to think about. And uh, it was it was a really special time to be involved at, at CrossFit New England. So if Ben is listening to this podcast or Heather's listening to this podcast, Ben and Heather together, just a quick shout out. I want to say thank you. And uh, I know that it's definitely not the end for these guys. These guys are going to be doing some awesome shit, but uh, it was a cool time period to live through for sure. We 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 were both positive, Amen. James and I. Yeah, exactly. We, like, couldn't couldn't say anything more. Uh, fortunate for Tilt to still be uh, working with Ben on a regular basis. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask was, what's everybody's favorite fruit? So that's something that I've been just i wanted to end with today my dog um, is obsessed with cucumbers you guys ever like what the hell is a dog doing eating a cucumber what do you mean they love it it's crunchy it's full really? of water yes they love cucumbers Havoc too, right? is what carrots usually too he does like so, carrots yeah so havoc is really into kibble so um <laughs> what kind of fruit is that no, it's just, it's a joke. Um, my favorite fruit right now, I'm just going to give you two because I've been thinking a lot about it. Hit us. Uh, my, my everyday fruit, uh, best bang for your buck, going with banana. It's the best. It's definitely, oh. uh, okay, well, don't yuck my yum. So you can just say, hey, <laughs> you know what? That's face. You can say that's not for me, but I respect you. You know opinion. what really then, sucks? Do you remember banana, the banana flavored runts? Oh, oh God, dude. I used to don't eat them even... just because, you know, like when something like there's a bad smell and you just can't help but smell it again. That's yeah, I used to eat those banana runs just to like, ugh, just to punish my, yourself a little bit. My my yeah. my favorite fruit right now is is mango. That's my favorite fruit right now. <laughs> Dried mango or regular mango? Regular mango. You gotta my have the favorite. juice. Because dried mango, ooh, that hits differently when you get some real good dry mango. It's like that <laughs> chewy dry mango, that fruit roll up kind of dry mango. Oh my god, James, what do right, you got what's for your, a favorite fruit? What's your favorite fruit, James? Um, okay. I mean. <laughs> probably don't say cucumber apples 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 are good i just look at what i've eaten the most of in my life and it's definitely been an apple and there's a lot of variety and that's really cool what's and your favorite cool, type of apple cool, i mean the, any the crips pink no honey crips one of the most overrated fucking apples out that's there. not true percent yep too get big. out of here Dude, pink lady, pink, you know, the Crips pink, all those are the way better than a Crips pink. Yeah. yeah, it's Snoop Dogg's favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love, I love strawberries. What are you snacking like on there, Snoop? Yeah, Crips, uh, strawberries strawberry, strawberry are really good. We what had wild you, strawberries and blueberries and blackberries where I grew up, and we that was dessert. We'd walk outside, and, and the dogs would eat them off the, off the bush, too, so everybody liked them. Sounds like a little fairy fairyland where you grew up, man. A little going outside. I did. I grew up in um, grew up in Hobbiton, Western Mass. Yeah, grew up in Hobbiton. Good one. All right. What about you, MDV? Uh, I'm a I'm a berry guy. I'm a I think I'm a strawberry guy. If I had to pick one for the rest of my life, I'd probably pick strawberries. Um, just because I think that they're generally pretty good. I I 
to have a bad strawberry, they got to be really bad. They got to be really old or they got to be really off. Um, but uh, watermelon, I think, is also up there for me. But the variability in watermelon is way too high. It's way too risky to pick watermelon as your favorite fruit. Just Watermelon sugar? Yeah, watermelon sugar. That's yeah. Okay. okay. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Yeah. We got a oh we good All thing right. that we're, we're gonna in this podcast. We're gonna, we're gonna sign off here. With some watermelon sugar. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Later. Bye. Hello, friends. MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go. Thank you.